just ahead on Bob's World. A former contractor in Maine's Midcoast is indicted for stealing nearly 500 grand from customers. A Boston area family's car was stolen from the lot of the Audi dealership it was being serviced at. And an 18-year-old driver led police in New York State in a chase through Orange County that hit nearly 150 miles an hour. We've got various weather watches and warnings in the great northeast this afternoon. And Mike Olmstead from the Newport Daily Express joins us for our weekly chat about sports. Bob's World is next. Hi, I'm Greg Peterson of the Peterson Farm Brothers. If you've seen our videos, you know we're proud to be farmers. Farming can be dangerous. Never assume location or depth of underground utilities or pipelines. Before you start any work on your farm, call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com to have underground lines located. It only takes a minute and can save your life. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign. Once every 40 seconds, a vehicle is stolen in the United States, costing millions of dollars for owners and insurers and causing insurance premiums to skyrocket. To help with the brakes on auto theft, the National Insurance Crime Bureau recommends you follow these four layers of protection. Use common sense in securing your vehicle. Use a visible or audible anti-theft device. Install a vehicle immobilizer. Invest in a GPS tracking system to help authorities recover your vehicle. If you have information on vehicle theft, contact us at 1-800-TELL-NICB. This is a public service message from the National Insurance Crime Bureau. This is Bob's World for Friday, March 26th, 2021. Good afternoon, I'm Bob Welch and topping Bob's World, what else? The weather. We've got a storm front coming through and it has set up the need for severe thunderstorm watches and warnings. The melting snow combined with the rain, well, that creates the need for flood watches and warnings. And in as much as I try to make this as timely a program as possible, keep abreast of the timely warnings as they're issued wherever you are by local radio and TV. And uh, when they're issued, they are for a good reason for the safety of people and property. While we're on the topic of the weather, these are the 330 conditions around the region. Midtown Manhattan, along with Brewster and Putnam County, sunny 81 Hartford, Connecticut, 66. Worcester is 70 and cloudy. Boston, cloudy, 64. Chatham, Cape Cod, foggy, 52. Bangor, also foggy and 50. To the St. Lawrence Valley, Ogdensburg is 45. Montreal is 43. That's 6 Celsius. Both cloudy. In New Brunswick, St. John has rain and 46. That is 8 Celsius. Halifax, Nova Scotia, cloudy and 43. That is 6 Celsius. And in St. Johnsbury, it is rainy and 58. Now the forecast for northeast Vermont, northern New Hampshire, and adjacent western Maine. Chance for thunderstorms will continue today and into the evening. Some may contain strong, gusty winds, a low to 35, a west-northwest wind 10 to 20 miles an hour. Cloudy tomorrow with a high of 48. Tomorrow night, cloudy with some showers, low 34. Sunday, showers early, becoming a steady rain later with a high near 50. That rain will become a mix in the evening as the low goes to just below freezing. Repeating the St. Johnsbury temperature, 57, a west wind at 4, gusting to 19 miles an hour. The dew point is 56, the relative humidity 89%, and the barometric pressure is 29.39 inches of mercury, and it is falling. We are headed to the mid-30s tonight. Now some stories which caught my eye on this Friday. 
The Maine Attorney General's office says the former owner of a now-defunct construction company in Midcoast stands accused of stealing more than $500,000 from customers through deceptive business practices. The Bangor Daily News reports 56-year-old Malcolm Stewart was indicted by a Knox County grand jury yesterday in a charge of theft by deception. A warrant has been issued for his arrest. Stewart currently lives in South Carolina. He abruptly closed Castle Builders in Union, Maine in September 2019. That left his clients with unfinished projects that had already been paid and 22 employees out of work. The indictment comes about one year after the Attorney General's office filed a lawsuit against Stewart and his wife under the state's unfair trade practices law to prevent the couple from continuing to solicit business and to seek restitution for former customers. The indictment alleges that Stewart had 57 customers pay deposits for home construction projects that he knew he did not have the capacity to complete. The total amount of money Stewart gained through this process was over $400,000. Despite receiving deposits from these customers, Stewart usually performed no work for the money, but in a few instances, a minimal amount of work was started. The Maine AG's office says Stewart also received an advance $50,000 loan from two customers. In December 2018, he allegedly told the customers he had cash flow problems because customers were not paying him. While he claimed to have the capacity to pay back the loan when the customers gave him money, Stewart never repaid it. When arrested, the judge at Knox County Court has ordered that Stewart be held on $50,000 bail. A family from Boston's Roslindale neighborhood says their car was stolen off the lot of the Westwood car dealership where it was being serviced. It has been an unexpected few days for the Reyes family who say they brought their spotless 2010 Audi Q7 in for service at Audi Westwood, only to get a surprise phone call from the dealer. Danielle Reyes tells WHDH-TV, I'm still in shock that it even happened. I thought they were going to tell me the car was ready. We have your part. The car is ready. But instead it went south. Annabella Reyes says the dealer told them they left the key in the ignition and the thief was able to get inside and take off with their car. The car was later recovered in Burlington, Massachusetts, which is 24 miles and 33 minutes to the north of Westwood. And the family had to drive up to Burlington and pay to get it out. They tell 7 News in Boston the inside of the car was torn up, wires ripped out, and the audio system ruined. They had to limp at home on a spare tire. They say they were surprised by the reaction from Audi Westwood, who told them, quote, You have car insurance, and Audi doesn't owe you anything. That's what you have car insurance for. Well, a spokesperson for the dealership released a statement to 7 News in Boston, reading, The Reyes are completely right. This situation was our responsibility, and we apologize for the way in which it was handled. They are offering the family a new Audi if they choose not to repair the one that was stolen and damaged. The Reyes family said they hope everyone learns a valuable lesson this week. The dealership tells 7 News, Boston, they are working with police to get to the bottom of the issue. Here's a story you don't hear every day. Out of New York's Orange County, 1010 Winds reports an 18-year-old driver led a New York State trooper on a high-speed chase clocking a speed of 148 miles an hour before that 18-year-old was arrested, charged, and slapped with 43 tickets in total. It all started on New York Route 17 in Goshen, 
Around 10.15 Sunday morning, though the police are just letting everyone know about it now, the trooper recorded a 2003 Infiniti G35 going 117 miles an hour in a 65 zone. Now, when the trooper pursued the driver, the cops say the Infiniti was weaving in and out of traffic without signaling and cutting off other motorists to boot. They say the driver then attempted to hide in a park-and-ride lot at exit 129, but it was found when the trooper walked up to the Infiniti, the driver sped off, heading back onto Route 17 East and then onto the New York Thruway. The trooper gave chase again but stopped the pursuit for safety reasons after the Infiniti hit 148 miles an hour in a 65 zone. The trooper did jot down the plate number on the car, which was linked to another vehicle out of New York City. The trooper saw pictures with a suspect standing next to the Infiniti G35 with a switched plate on social media. The state police worked with the NYPD and got the Infiniti and the driver in Queens. The as-yet-unidentified 18-year-old is charged with first-degree Reckless endangerment, a felony, as well as reckless driving and third-degree fleeing an officer in a motor vehicle, both misdemeanors. To sum it all up, the teen was released on an appearance ticket and was issued 43 traffic tickets, including for going 117 in a 65 zone and another for 148 in a 65 zone. We'll be right back. Going boating alone can be relaxing and peaceful. The weather is nice, the fish are biting, and there's no one around for miles. I got the bite of a lifetime, and without thinking, I stood up to reel it in, but in all the excitement, I lost my balance. I fell in and gasped. No worries, because I was wearing a life jacket, and my life was saved. Your involuntary gasp reflex could cause you to drown. Life jackets worn, nobody mourns. Learn more at pleasewearit.com. Three quarters of the nation's first responders are volunteers. That includes here in Connecticut. And lately, it's been harder than ever, with fewer citizens volunteering. From teenage cadets like me, to seasoned veterans like me. So what are you waiting for? Ready to join our team? Your community needs you. We need you. Visit everydayherocc.org and take the first step of joining your fire department. See you out there. It is a Friday. Welcome back to Bob's World. I'm Bob Welch, and Mike Olmstead, sports editor for the Newport Daily Express, joins us as is usual. Seems like a busy afternoon already. <laughs> Boy, Bob, I tell you what, it's that time of year, be it NBA trading uh, deadline, NHL trade deadline coming up, and uh, locally we have it's championship week, so we're putting, uh, putting this, the wrap-up on uh, the winter sports season. Usually when people uh, sort of camp out at the Barry Auditorium? Yeah, usually you'd see uh, people scrambling to make sure they have tickets, but uh, now it's making sure, uh, you know, that they have the proper uh, website to view the games on. So it'll be on the NFHS um, feed. They'll be streaming all of the championship basketball games, which will be taking place starting tomorrow and then on Sunday. So there's actually a bit of news about that. So tomorrow, as we uh, normally know, Division One traditionally plays their championship games and semifinals up at the Patrick Gym. That is not an option, as UVM is not letting anybody on their campus. So all, of the, all the semifinal games were played at the home gyms of the higher seed. 
and all the championship games are going to be played in Barrie for both boys and girls. But just yesterday and today, um, yesterday, Rice had to drop out of the D1 game against BFA St. Albans, and Danville had to drop out of the Division Four game against Proctor, and this afternoon the VPA officially declared BFA the Division One champion and Rice the runner-up, and Proctor the Division Four champion with Danville being the runners-up. And so that just leaves two games on the docket tomorrow, and, well, they both feature teams from up here. So at the 2 o'clock game in Division Two, the North Country Falcons will be playing for the first time ever for a basketball state championship when they take on Fairhaven. And then in the 5 o'clock game, Lake Region is looking to cap off a perfect season and win their second consecutive Division Three title when they take on Virgins. Last year they were crowned quad champs with the other three semifinalists when, uh, right after when COVID hit because um, they were set to play on a Thursday and the games were postponed and called off. And then and as you know what happened, everything was canceled. And then uh, looking at um, the boys' side, uh, once again, the North Country boys advanced for the first time to a basketball championship game. So they'll be taking on Montpelier in the Division II title game at 2 o'clock. So, yeah, while the fans may not be in Barrie this weekend, I most certainly will be in Barrie a lot this weekend. Your friend and mine, my old colleague, as, as he called Norwich Hockey on WDEV, our friend George Como, mm-hmm. uh, has pointed out his Facebook. He described it as an as an old guy rant, but uh, that was his words. Not uh, he is noting that the uh, Division One boys basketball championship game has been scheduled for 11 a.m. on Palm Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And it's a game between South Burlington and Rice Memorial, which is a Catholic high school. Yeah. The irony, huh? Uh, he was planning on doing the play-by-play, he says, for that game on the uh, NFHS uh, video stream, but he's going to have to bow out because he's double-booked. Uh, may he's, I take it Mass is calling? He's elect- And not the state you're from? Lecturing, lecturing at St. Joseph's Cathedral in Burlington at 10 a.m. that morning. Yeah, it's... Uh... That'd be a that'd be a tough tough game to catch if you're up in Burlington for the ten o'clock hour. Yeah, so that that's uh, is is uh, you know I mean I, the, I guess this comes up to the question, which I don't know whether we exactly have the answer. Uh, how how are the times uh, decided for? For these games, or, or were they decided long before anybody knew who was playing who? Um. I'm guessing that when they decided to hold the season, the, the, the VPA, you know, the, they checked all their, um, all, you know, with like ADs and other people. And, of course, you, you don't know who was going to win. We, I mean, certainly with all these COVID out outbreaks that the schools and teams having to withdraw i mean you just don't know and i was always under the impression that the teams that had to travel the furthest 
played the earlier games, like the middle two, the two o'clock. Well, usually it's only three games. So um, they would play the two earlier games, and then the closest teams would play the late game. I cannot confirm if that's still what they're doing, or I can't really confirm it at all, but that was what I had been told in previous years. But, I mean, there's only going to be two played on Saturday, and then, you know, uh, we had that situation with the uh, girls' hockey championship where the teams were getting to the rink, Essex got to the rink, and the combined Burlington-Colchester team, the Sea Lakers, as they're known as, weren't there. And people didn't know what was up. Well, turns out COVID struck again. And then the uh, Essex girls were awarded the D1 title. And if I may give a little bit of a shout-out here, my alma mater and former team, the BFA Bob Whites, were able to bring home the 20th title in school history. Most titles in high school boys hockey of any program in the state. So big shout-out to the boys in green and gold. Title uh, Town Bob, VT. Can... Go ahead. <laughs> Title Town VT. <laughs> yeah, Railroad City. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say if we uh, want to switch it up to the national uh, level, I got some interesting news. Uh, sure. Go ahead. Montreal Canadiens made a move here as the trade deadline approaches, picking up uh, Eric Stahl from the Buffalo Sabers and. Bob, I tell you, I don't know how closely you've been following what goes on in uh, Buffalo with their professional sports teams, but uh, the ownership group that owns both the Sabres and the Bills seems to lavish all their attention on the Sabres and don't give a lick about what's going on with the Bills. Or with the, uh, sorry, they give all their attention to the Bills, and the Sabres are a mess. They're just a hot mess. They can't win no matter what trades they make. They don't work. Um, you have players wanting to leave, so it's it, it's it's nice for Stahl to go to a team that has a shot at being in the postseason. As Montreal currently sits in fourth place in the Northern Division, but they're on a COVID break until next week. Second to last team in the NHL to uh, finally have someone hit with COVID. Looks like the Bruins are back playing at at least. Yep, they are. They uh, were in action last night against the Islanders. They were down late, were able to tie it up with about 2.10 left to go, and then the Islanders beat them in overtime. So welcome back to playing Boston. And as you say, this is your favorite time of year when you have to go and choose between which game you're going to watch. Is it going to be hockey or is it going to be baseball? Yeah, I take it you saw that Facebook post yes, the other night. Yes, yes, we, we follow each other. Uh, and, and speaking of baseball, it looks like uh, uh, Erod has been scratched and uh, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez uh, dealing with a mm-hmm. dead arm, and he'll be scratched for the Red Sox season opener Thursday. We're really? getting that close, and Nathan Avaldi will start opening day when they face off against the Orioles at Fenway Park. That story from... Uh, the Red Sox uh, flagship radio station, WEI in Boston. I did not see that. Huh. You know what? You know, Erod has, that guy has been, you know, obviously he missed last year with COVID and whatnot, but he's been a very, very good pitcher for Boston. And it, having him open opening day starter is, is a well-deserved um, reward, but I have no problems with Nathan Ovaldi. I just want to make sure Erod is healthy for this season. So if they got to take precautions, Fine by me. I just, 
Bob, as a Sox fan, you and I both know what last year's pitching rotation looked like. It looked like a bunch of strangers none of, none of us have ever seen before, and Nathan Evaldi. So. And uh, this is uh, kind of humorous. The L.A. Dodgers fans, not the team, but some fans, um, uh, bought a sign across from Fenway Park in Dodger Blue. They bought a billboard. That says, Dear Boston, thank you for Mookie Betts. Oh, gotta love people from L.A. And if I know my Boston sports fans, I'm sure that sign at some point will be um, covered with a colorful message or two to the L.A. faithful. (laughs) You think? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, maybe more than one message. Probably in some words that we're not really supposed to say on the air. So yeah. let's uh, err on the side of decorum and not utter those phrases. Yes, yes, I think uh, I think that's where, where we probably ought to leave it. Uh, thanks, uh, Mike Olmstead, the Newport Daily Express sports editor. And that website, again, is uh, NewportVermontDailyExpress.com. Absolutely, and uh, if you're listening to this and uh, you're going to be tuning in to any basketball games this weekend, you'll see me wandering around the uh, very empty Barry Auditorium taking pictures and covering the games. And it will sound more like, if you listen to the stream, it will sound more like a, 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 a Jim Nance golf presentation than it will a basketball game compared to what the usual crowd noise is that I remember from be, you know putting them on the air. Bob, I got to tell you, I've been to the odd, I don't know, countless times now in my days here as a sports reporter and slash editor, and um, it's going to be weird. It, the gyms have been weird, but I'll say this, the kids have been good at cheering on their teammates, so you're going to hear uh, probably a lot from the benches, and um, other than that, it's going to be uh, rather echoey, and I'm sure you're going to pick up some uh, coaches uh, hollering that you don't normally catch, so... Anyone tuning in, enjoy the uh, the broadcast experience, and uh, we'll see you in Barry. All right, Mike Olmstead, thanks for joining us this afternoon, as is always the case on Friday. Thanks, Bob. Always a pleasure. All right. Have a good one. Mike Olmstead from the Newport Daily Express, and that was the sound of uh, what happens when Google Phone uh, it completes a phone call. So there you got that sound effect in there, too. We'll be next with uh, this day in history and uh, birthdays and a song or two coming up. You're listening to Bob's World. The old theme music for Des Amateurs de Sport on CKAC 730. Your daughter doesn't want to talk about why her room is a horrible mess. Your son doesn't want to talk about why he's wearing mismatching socks. Your spouse doesn't want to talk about their bad haircut. Families don't have to talk about everything, but they should talk to plan for an emergency. Pack basic supplies in a go bag, water, canned food, flashlights, batteries, medical supplies, IDs, and some cash. Talk about where you'll meet 
case you lose one another. And of course, don't forget to pack the dog treats. Talk to your family and make an emergency plan. Go to nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311 to make your family's emergency plan. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Bob's World on this Friday, the 26th of March, 85th day of 2021 with 280 days left in the year. Today's birthdays, retired Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor is 91, Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas is 86, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, 81. Journalist Bob Woodard of Woodard and Bernstein fame, 78 years old. Singer Diana Ross, 77. Actor Johnny Crawford, 75. Steven Tyler of Aerosmith, 73. Singer and TV personality Vicki Lawrence, 72. Comedian Martin Short, 71. Former Transportation Secretary Elaine Chow is 68. Radio talk show host and current New York mayoral candidate Curtis Lewa, which means he's not a talk show host right now. FCC rules on equal time would make sure that whoever has him on the air, I believe it's WABC in New York, would have to give equal time to every single one of his opponents. That's the reason why he's off the air right now. He's running for a New York mayor, Curtis Sliwa, 67, country singer Dean Dillon, 66, Lisa Gibbons, 64, actress Jennifer Gray, 61, college and pro football Hall of Famer Marcus Allen, 61, basketball and college basketball Hall of Famer John Stockton, 59, country singer Kenny Chesney's 53, actor T.R. Knight, 48, Amy Smart is 45, moderator Margaret Brennan of Face the Nation, 41 years old today, I mentioned Steven Tyler from Aerosmith is 73. This song made Aerosmith very famous when it came out in 1975. Walk This Way on Bob's World.
That is Aerosmith and Walk This Way on Bob's World on a Friday afternoon, turning into Friday evening as we're recording this. And the clock on the wall says 531. Uh, Written by Steven Tyler, who's celebrating a birthday today, and Jill Perry, the song was originally released as the second single from the album Toys in the Attic. 1975, it peaked at number 10 on the Billboard Hot 100 in early 1977. Part of a string of successful hit singles for the band in the 70s. In addition to being one of the songs that helped break Aerosmith into the mainstream in the 70s, uh, there was a remake of that. I believe Run DMC had a, a, a remake of it in the mid-80s, and that got them even more fame. But that was Aerosmith on Bob's World. 1812, on this date, an earthquake devastated Caracas, Venezuela, causing an estimated 26,000 deaths, according to the U.S. Geological Survey. 1827, composer Ludwig von Beethoven died in Vienna. 1874, poet Robert Frost was born in San Francisco. Walt Whitman died in Camden, New Jersey on this date in 1892. 1917, the Seattle Metropolitans became the first U.S. team to win the Stanley Cup as they defeated the Montreal Canadiens in Game 4 of the Finals by a score of 9-1. to Of course, the Canadiens are still very much in business, and uh, the Seattle Metropolitans just sort of faded away. Although the Seattle Kraken is coming back to Seattle. 1945, during, as an expansion team, during World War II in 1945, Iwo Jima was fully secured by U.S. forces following a final desperate attack by Japanese soldiers. In 1962, the U.S. Supreme Court in Baker v. Carr gave federal courts the power to appear 
to, to order, rather, reapportionment of states' legislative districts. 1964, the musical play Funny Girl, starring Barbara Streisand as Fanny Bryce, opened on Broadway. In 1979, a peace treaty was signed by Israeli Prime Minister Menachem Begin and uh, Egyptian President Anwar Sadat, and witnessed by President Jimmy Carter at the White House. 1982, groundbreaking ceremonies took place in Washington, D.C. for the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. 1992, a judge in Indianapolis sentenced former heavyweight boxing champ Mike Tyson to six years in prison for raping a Miss Black America contestant. Tyson ended up serving three years. In 1997, the bodies of 39 members of the Heaven's Gate techno-religious cult who committed suicide were found inside a rented mansion in Rancho Santa Fe, California. Eleven years ago, in 2010, the U.S. and Russia sealed the first major nuclear weapons treaty in nearly two decades, agreeing to slash the former Cold War rivals' warhead arsenals by nearly one-third. I mentioned it was Diana Ross's birthday today. This one's from 1980 on Pop's World. Turn me 
Ross's birthday today, so there was Upside Down, uh, hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart on September 6, 1980. It also hit number one on the Billboard Disco and Soul Charts. The single was released a full four weeks after the album was released. It held down the number one spot for four weeks. And because it's Friday... I was intending to be tight. Here we are again, the animal stories. <laughs> News team Ackerman. Here's me, your charming and delightful old Uncle Lair. And there's him, in person. Hi. Little snut-nosed Tommy. Hi, Tommy. Hi, Hi Uncle Lair. And my apologies to Uncle Lair and Tommy, who were Larry Lujak and Tommy Edwards. Uh, no story I could tell could ever live up to anything Larry Lujak and Tommy Edwards could tell, but this is more of a tribute. Uh, Dateline, Mill Creek, Utah, where a man captured home surveillance footage of four cougars near his basement door. Rich Penman uploaded the video from his ring camera to the KUTV website. The station reported... Over the past weekend, the video clearly shows the large cats wandering past the door. One appears to peek through a window. Got any catnip or cat treats? A cougar, a cougar, you wonder what's going through the head. You know, they peek through the window. Cougar sightings have become more common in the area, but the animals are reclusive and solitary. Reminds me of my house cat reclusive and solitary it is rare to see more than one at a time a dark rings noticeable on the cougar's tail suggests they may be juveniles home surveillance cameras have captured other encounters with wild animals last year a resident of a chicago suburb captured a video of a large cat in her fenced-in backyard local experts said the animal could be a cougar although the image wasn't clear and in october Kyle Burgess captured video of a frightening encounter with a cougar on a Utah trail. Mother cat aggressively followed him for six minutes after he encountered the cat and four cubs all out for a run. Well, geez, you don't want to be considered a threat to the cubs because mother cat's going to go after you. Well, mother, any animal, including human, would probably make you feel pretty uncomfortable. This one's out of Austin. Emergency crews in Texas rescued two horses after their trailer rolled in a crash. They were trapped inside. The Austin Fire Department posted photos on Twitter of the scene near US 183 and Lakeline Mall Drive at about 9.40. Last Saturday morning, traffic was delayed while the crews worked to free the animals from the trailer. They were safely and successfully rescued. We need to tell you that. Didn't get hurt. The 
I don't, I don't think we can say the same for the trailer, but the horses were fine. Took about 30 minutes for that to get taken care of. Now, a tourist staying at a cabin in Tennessee captured video and a black bear dropped by and decided to take a nice relaxing soak in the hot tub. Got any wine to go with that? We're going to make this an evening. Todd Traboni of Camilla, Georgia, said he was staying at a rental cabin in Gatlinburg when he spotted a black bear climbing into the patio. Bear wandered around the patio before climbing into the hot tub for a dip. Trevany posted video of the unusual guest to his Facebook and Instagram that went viral. Of course, otherwise we wouldn't be telling you about it. The tourist said he watched the bear from the other side of the window until the animal left on his own. Which is not what uh, former Vermont Governor Peter Shumlin did when he heard a commotion outside his East Montpelier home. That was year. I I think it might have been 2012. It's going back a ways, but heard some commotion on his porch and realized he'd left his bird feeder out. Which of course they tell you never. Once it's springtime, you got to take the bird bird feeders in because they become bear feeders real quick. As, I, as, the, as the story was told, and I remember on the radio those years ago that apparently he. Um, chose to run out onto the deck and try to scare the bears away by flailing his arms up in the air in his birthday suit. And that's Bob's World on this Friday. March 26th and for the week the feedback phone remember is area code 802 my email robert.welch 0520 at gmail.com I'm Bob Welch have a great weekend and thanks for listening